I told my wife yesterday, I was like, I uh, got the little Strava update and I was like, oh, look, I said, I rode 76 miles. She was like, when did you ride 76 miles? I said, the whole month of October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. Uh, I, I had three rides for October. I'm like, damn. Hello and welcome to another episode of Drop Bar Texas, a cycling podcast about riding and racing in Texas. I'm Paul, and as you may recall, my wife and I welcomed our third child recently. As you can imagine, ride time has significantly decreased for me. I'm still trying, though, to keep tabs on the cycling pulse in Texas for those of you still able to make it to events. Here's a quick look at a few events before we get to today's topic. Stockdale Gravel Roundup, presented by Capital City Racing, is being held November 21st at Stockdale, Texas. Choose from 16, 37, or 60-mile options. Register at bikereg.com. The 2020 Straight to Hill Gravel Ride, presented by Insurance for Texans, is also on November 21st, but at Wallace Park in Hillsboro, Texas. 33, 63, and 100-mile ride or race options are available. You can register at bikesignup.com. Then there is the Swansome Cross-Country Mountain Bike Race being held on November 22nd at Sansom Park in Fort Worth, Texas. This is hosted by the Fort Worth Mountain Bikers Association, and you can register at bikereg.com. As with everything this year, check event sites for the latest info in case of rescheduling or cancellations. Now, today I'm bringing you my friend, cyclist, and entrepreneur, Jason Rose. Before these things, though, Jason is a family man. In recent years, as I have ridden and raced with Jason and his sons, I have wondered how he balances it all. Now, as my wife and I begin our adventure with three kids, I thought, what better time to ask Jason how he managed to not only balance family and cycling, but to make it a family affair. After all, this is a time-consuming sport and hobby, and if you're not careful, this could work against you. So here's Jason Rose of Church Cycles. So, so Jason, uh, so remind me, you've got... Uh, y'all have four kids, right? Oh, wait, six. six. Oh, wow. <laughs> six. <laughs> Maybe I've only met four of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right, right, right. So, yeah, so, no. what, so what, are, what are the ages? Uh, for... 20, 17, 15, uh, 12, uh, no, 13, 11, 8. Oh, wow, okay, okay. So, man, that's that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I I thought I had my hands full. We just you know we just have uh, two, three now. Oh, well, you have well, three we, now. Oh, yeah, great. yeah, we, yeah. Our new one arrived uh, just uh, just shy of two months ago now. Wow. And uh, so, so yeah, so I, you know, with with two, it was like the the writing had changed a bit, you know, already. <laughs> but um, but I was like kind of getting back into. Yeah, a groove there. 
and and now, yeah. now we've got three. So so I'm just curious. <laughs> so for you, were, were you in cycling? Were were you riding bikes beforehand, or did or did it this come about later, or as a as a yeah. oh, how did totally. it come about for you? Yeah. So um, I guess uh, you know. I remember growing up, we always had bikes, you know, and I remember even my dad, like, you know, whether we we're in first grade bike in the school, because back then it was safe to bike, you know, two blocks to school and, and park your bike and whatever. And so, and then we'd build jumps, you know, and dad would be like, oh, you're starting to get those jumps higher, wear a helmet, you know, literally a motorcycle helmet, right? And, um, and then I, I don't think through like junior high or, uh, you know, after I 14 had a moped back in Iowa, well, actually mine was a motorcycle, it was modified to quote B, because uh, <laughs> I used to work as a bat boy. So I used to clean, do all the home teams as a single A farm team for the major mm -hmm. league. Uh, so at 14, I would be there from nine in the morning till three in the morning, um, all day, all night. Uh, doing all the laundry for the players, the clubhouse, uh, clean it, the fields, the dugouts. Uh, literally, I'd get locked in the stadium by myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, the manager, you know, the owner of the facility, they gave me the keys and that, and then I'd leave. It wasn't in the greatest neighborhood, but uh, so that's where my dad had a 50cc motorcycle. And legally, if it was 50cc, like a moped, it was legalized. He never put a restrictor plate in it. Cause he never wanted me to get run over by it, like a drunk coming home. So uh, our one neighbor was a cop. So he would clock me on, you know, at two in the morning, three in the morning, coming home at, you know, 45, 50 miles per hour, it go like 68 on a good day, you know, downhill. But uh, uh, and once again, I always just drove the speed of the, you know, the speed limit. So I never was going to get in trouble or get my dad in trouble or whatever. But uh so probably during those times and then get in a car 16, I really didn't. But I remember it was uh, after high school graduation, my one buddy had a mountain bike, a track, and he's like, oh, get one. And I ended up getting one. And uh, yeah, I started to bike around a little more, but not much. But then going off to college, I used that because I lived off campus, which was about, I don't know, about a mile um from court class and maybe a mile and a half by the time you you know iowa state pretty big campus mm -hmm. when you get up to the midwest campuses can sprawl out because land's not mm -hmm. as expensive like right here in houston and right. so forth so um so you you know to get a truck around classes i mean they could be stretched out pretty far so i remember i did i i biked literally like 365 days a year in school so of course you get winter right that gets crazy and ice and snow i remember the one day because i i kind of got to the point like and i wasn't like once again i was just biking i was i never knew anything about bike racing or anything but i remember one day i was like grabbed my lunch and i was like and they never canceled universities you know for snow or whatever <laughs> so i'm like kind of running a little late grab my sack lunch from the cafeteria had breakfast I'm running out and I'm like, oh, I got to get it. And it had been an ice storm. And I was like, oh, but no, still hadn't canceled school. Uh, you know, people were in line for this big side ride bus. The buses come by the dorms mm -hmm. that were, you know, off campus. And I was like, oh, yeah, now I'll just bike it. So I just remember I'm biking and I had my big backpack with all my books and stuff. And I'm biking through the parking lot, not even probably 
50 yards from where I got on my bike. And I just remember, I, I don't even really remember. Also, next thing you know, I'm like sliding <laughs> on my bike, you know, and I'm like, holy cow. So I probably slid 20 some feet. I get up. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is slick. And I got a ways plus downhill. So I'm like, I'll just go back because I knew I was running late, but I was like, oh, the bus hasn't come yet because it must have been running late. So I pick up my bike. I'm starting to head back to our dorms to go lock my bike up. And all of a sudden I see the, the bus coming down the hill and there's like 25, 30 people in line to get on it at the stop. And, and then there's all these parked cars in front of the dorm. All of a sudden out of nowhere, the side bus goes, <laughs> it, it's going, it's perpendicular to the street. And then it starts boom, boom, smashing cars into one another. Oh, I was fuck. like, and I was like, Oh, I guess I'm biking. So <laughs> I got back on my bike. I tried to ride in the gutter where it was a little slushier. And then I remember going down some of the hills and this was in March because, uh, there had been, uh, St. Patrick's day. And this is going to sound gross because there is literally the bar the night before was St. Patrick's day. Right. And so, uh, there's green puke outside <laughs> the bars. Right. So like, you're going down and, and the street was still too slick and enough people had thrown some salt out. So I was literally just going down the hill, straddling my bike. So you had two wheels on the ground and two feet and slid down the <laughs> hill. And that was a block length just to get across the main drive to then I just you know ran through the snow and carried my bike, got into campus, got into my biology lab. And then uh, there's like two other people out of, you know, 28 that should have been there. And then it was like, Within five minutes, they canceled the whole university. I had to trek back home. <laughs> so it was crazy. But that's when I, I mean, started to actually use a bike. And I biked just because it was super convenient. And, um, and then I, after graduating, I went out east. And it was kind of cool because that time my fiance was still at Iowa State. I had my bike and I had my dog uh cockapoodle mix that had high energy could run and i just remember so i didn't have much to do um so i had my bike out there i literally days i didn't work like if it was rainy you look in this book and it would say okay rainy days go to these trails because they're mainly rock on um, you know non-rainy days good weather days go on these trails because they're more dirt and won't be mud and stuff like that and so i used to actually kind of road trip on my days off to go do oh, wow. some of that and take my dog. And so looking back, yeah, I mean, I liked to ride, um, but uh, never knew anything about racing until we, uh, eight years ago, we moved down here to Houston from Iowa. And I had always done about probably about, I'd say nine years of strength training where I probably always trained at least like, three to four days a week, um, strength training, but I, was, I always kind of get bored of it. And then you heard about CrossFit and I like a lot of CrossFit, but too much of it was cult, cult-like, or, um, I never saw so many patients at the time when, I, before I retired as a chiropractor, I had never seen so many young patients come into my office ever before until CrossFit got big because so many people are like me. If you're going to make me compete against you and I got to compete with rounds and getting this weight moved around and so forth, I will compromise my form to beat you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, but at the same time, that's what I love about CrossFit. We, uh, my whole family, we were going to a CrossFit here in, uh, 
Bridgelands, uh, they call it uh, Bridge Lakes uh, CrossFit. And it was great because they had a boot camp and, and I've had friends come in and there's a lot of um, facilities that aren't just like looking at longevity. They're just hit it hard and heavy. And who cares about what your joints look like when you're 60 and you're crippled? <laughs> so uh, they, they actually had a much better mindset. And, and I had come with, you know, my undergrad zoology, grad school zoology, and I did mastered in uh, physiology with uh, endocrinology. But then I did in chiropractic school, I got my certified strength and conditioning specialist. Mm-hmm. So I've always been passionate about exercise and that. And just, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't good enough for varsity hockey in college. So I played just JV. I mean, our ice time we rented was one to two in the morning, right? <laughs> I'd come <laughs> home at two in the morning, stink in, and my roommates would be having a party. <laughs> and so, but because I loved hockey, and I still love contact sports. I played lacrosse. I sucked at it, but it was a way to still play a club sport that had contact because there's part of me that likes that, you know, contact aggressiveness Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, the competition. So, you know, once you, you know, get older and you're out of school and you can't even find stuff like that. And then it's like, especially in Iowa, I remember eight years ago or nine years ago, I was like, "Ah, I haven't ever swam a lap. I can swim, but I've never swam a lap in my life to like race someone or to have good form. I'd take it all my swim lessons. I was a comfortable swimmer. I was like, I should do a triathlon because up in Iowa, that was kind of starting to turn into a thing. And I was like, oh, you get to compete against people, you know? Yeah. And I had one of my patients, he was 72 and hadn't missed, but maybe five times of running in the last 42 years mm. uh, up in Iowa. So he'd run and pay, other patients of mine would say, oh, Dennis, yeah, he would run in blizzards. We would see him out in blizzard weather running. Mm -hmm. And so I had him train me and my family because I've found, you know, all these sports and activities are great for all of us. Um, And to keep balance in your life, you know, I got like 15 companies I run. I have six kids. We have 26 pets. Uh, It's always about balance. (laughs) And so when, you know, it's God, it's my wife, my family, work, you know, in, in that kind of order. I try to always keep in that order. Obviously, we all know we're not perfect and things get upside down. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm overworking, not time with my wife or my kids and, and so forth. And or, or spending good time with the Lord. So that's where um, I try to always bring my family into things like that. So then like he would have me do runs. And so um, normally you're supposed to do more long runs, uh, only like maybe once a week, short, high intensity. But one, you can't, that's hard to do with kids and a family and work and everything. So everything I've always done and research showed it, you know, high intensity can make up for duration to a certain extent. I mean, if you're an advanced a pro cyclist, yes, you can't get by with doing short half the duration of the people you're competing against just at a higher intensity because there's different you know metabolic processes that occur and so forth increased mitochondria that you won't be able to get from that you'll probably be a better sprinter than those people but you won't make it to the finish line (laughs) to beat them in the sprint so um so i had so he would run us at the track so i had our short high intensity days and it was great because like he'd be like okay i had to say run an 800 two, two laps he would say he would stagger like my at that time maybe like a 3 year old 4 year old and say 
go. So that, that <laughs> child is already going, right? And then he'd send my next kid, my next kid, next kid. And, and maybe they only had to do one lap. And then he'd say, go, have me go in between the kids. And I had to get two laps done before my four-year-old got one lap done, or, <laughs> you know? And so he made it fun that way. And so it was a great opportunity because no matter how fast I ran or anyone ran, we're still all together in a circle. So, mm -hmm. so to me, that was like a blessing. Uh, it got me into something. Um, the, the triathlon, it, it was once again, one of those things like, it's easy to get a good intense workout like uh, biking or swimming. You don't need much time, but really biking, you, you need time. Uh, running and swimming, you get a hard workout in a pretty short time. I mean, you go run for an hour, you're pretty dead because um, yeah. you're constantly, you don't cheat. You got, you're always lifting your weight, right? And um, in swimming, once again, you go out in triathlons, it's always a shorter distance, a, a smaller time of the races devoted to that. And because I was such a bad swimmer, it was great to see how good I saw big changes pretty quick. <laughs> I remember uh, I'd show up and I, I remember the first time I showed up at a lap pool and I swam one lap and I was like, I, I was just swam to the other end and it was just a, you know, 25 meter pool, 25 yard. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like out of breath. I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is crazy hard. And then, uh, uh, of course, and then like the next time I showed up, I could, you know, do multiple laps. And, and it's funny, I would tell these ladies, there's these ladies there. One was 82. Um, a lot of these, I found out later, I got to know them. They're high, either high school or collegiate swimmers, but mm -hmm. they're now in their 70s and they're whooping me, right? For the first like <laughs> month and they're just swimming laps. And I, I told them, I go, you didn't know it, but I was racing you. They were just doing their lap workout. But in my head, I was racing these old, <laughs> older ladies, right? And I was just always amazed how good a shape they were. And so eventually, though, I, I did. I got faster than them, which, you know, you'd hope eventually I would. But, you know, I'd uh, work on my stroke. And it was just fun because I was seeing the changes. So then, um, so I did my first triathlon. Um, I signed up for Olympic. My wife says I'm a little overkill on everything. I just kind of jump in. And I just remember I... I had a really good swim. I was 1500 meter swim. I, I, I finished like with a, a really good time. Uh, and then the bike, I, I did what they always say. I was like, Oh, I gotta be competitive. I had this Fuji bike and I was only probably, I did, I think nine, nine rides total for this Olympic. That's a 25 mile ride. I think I did nine 13 mile rides because I would normally just ride around the block my house because mm -hmm. I couldn't go anywhere. I, and then once again, it was, you know, a very short thing. And I was like, oh, high intensity, I can do this. And then uh, the day before I put aero bars on this Fuji bike, you know, and uh, <laughs> and I remember I came off that thing and I, I had gutted it. And the first time I ever heard like what a, a disc wheel sounds like, I'm like, what's what's coming up behind me? I'm thinking it's a car in here. It's a try, you know, a try guy just like blowing by me on a, <laughs> you know, souped up bike. And I was like, Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Never heard a disc, how, you know, and I just remember I got off the bike and both quads went into full spasm and that. And I think I, I started running and I kept getting spasms and uh, I was like, of the 10K, I think I was just like, you know, 
a mile, two miles in out of the six miles before I could get even below like a seven minute mile pace where I wouldn't go in complete spasms. So eventually it led up and I could finish. But once again, I had not adequately trained for an Olympic. I mean, I was actually training for 5K runs, not a 10K. And I definitely wasn't training for a 25 mile ride when my longest <laughs> ride was 30 miles. And I had only done nine of those. So, uh, but either way, you know, I podiumed and beat some of these people that had been doing Ironmans and stuff like that. I'm like, Ooh, so I kind of got hooked. Well, unfortunately, that was in November. And uh, it was literally uh, 28 degree temps. Uh, the water temp, they about canceled it because it was uh, right at 60 degrees. So, I mean, it was freezing, right? Crazy cold. Uh, I think my one transition was four over four minutes, 53 seconds, because I couldn't get, I bought this wetsuit like days before, because a week before <laughs> I did my first open water swim, had never done a big difference, open water versus pool, never knew that. I did it and I showed up when everyone but me was wearing a wetsuit. And I literally was the first time I've ever experienced what hypothermia is like. Because I got back after doing 1500 meter swim, I was just like, I couldn't stop shaking. It was crazy. So anyhow, it went great. You know, I suffered, had a great time. And then I was like, oh, so we got to do this when we moved to Houston because it's going to be warmer. Well, we moved here and we were living in Camden apartments where we were looking for a house. And once again, I didn't bike, couldn't do things with the kids. Um, work was crazy. So honestly... I probably didn't bike um, for like over two years. It was like two years off because we were in crazy trials. Like, where can you drive? Iowa, you can get out on all these roads, yeah. not worry about yeah. anything here. <laughs> so I honestly probably didn't ride for it. I sold the bike. And then um, I was like, oh, we need to get back into this. And so we started training with the kids where we were, because we were starting to do the 5Ks and stuff. But you know, running is like, it's so much fun. But after you start biking in that, you're like, oh, this biking, you know, this was pretty fun. Well, I ended up buying a TT bike. I went overkill. I kind of had the buyer's remorse of the Quintana Roo PR6, the very like first ones that came out um, because the one bike shop up in the woodlands, he had like first rights to them. And I got that. And I remember okay, I still only like do these nine, 13 mile rides. For some reason, it was always like, oh, just nine to 13. And because sprints are short and it was more because I'm working so much, I can't take away time from my family and kids. So uh, I, I remember though, someone at Bike Barn said, hey, you should come ride with us sometime. And I had never group rode with anyone ever in my life, right? And I was like, oh, okay. So I show up and remember, like the most I would ever bike is like 13 miles. In my head, like 13 miles is a magic number because then you get home, and your wife's not, not like, hey, <laughs> you left me with all these kids, you know. And so, um, so yeah, I ended up uh, showing up at Bike Barn, and then no one else showed up. He goes, oh, we there's a Zuby ride. We got plenty of time. We can go there. I'm like, okay. So we bike from Bike Barn to Zuby, and now we're at 17 miles. We just exceeded <laughs> my top ride of four miles, and I haven't been riding. Uh, but I had been running. I had been running, doing a lot of sprint training, because that's what I did always with my kids. Because then, once again, I've always done stuff short, high intensity, no time for duration. And so um, it was great. We show up, start riding. I had never rode, and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that, hey, 
people don't like TT bikes in a Peloton, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I <laughs> and I had no idea because I had never rode with anyone before. I didn't even know like what draft protection was like, right? So then, because um, uh, I had never rode with a group. So then I ended up, uh, I'm riding and this guy had us in the A group. And, you know, now I ride with all these guys all the time. And I, I, I stuck it the whole time. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is a blast. And one guy that had kind of yelled at me because I didn't know, you know, I went to and, he, and then the other guy ended up being Chisholm. Uh, I still ride with and super competitive with um, goes, Hey, you're fine. If you got good control, you're good, but stay in your horns. And then if you're pulling, mm -hmm. you know, go in the arrow. And I was like, Oh, okay. Cause I didn't, that was the only bike I had. I just remember after that day. And then um, we had a bunk back, I got 78 miles that day. And I, it was like, I was probably a mile from bike barn to get to my vehicle. And that's when I like, experience what a bonk is. I was like, I don't even know if I can get, get this last mile. It was like, I totally crashed. But uh, I just remember after that ride in Zuby at that time from this rental house before we bought our house was in that same area was seven and a half miles from Zuby. I remembered literally the nights before Zuby, I could not sleep. I had butterflies because it was like right before a hockey game, like in high school, you get butterflies, you're ready to go. And and it was that much fun. So then I got hooked totally on Zuby rides because Zuby is like a race. And uh, so then when I started bringing my kids into it, um, I ended up, I bought a triplet bike that, you know, so it seats me and then two kids. And then the guy did a modified tag along behind mm -hmm. it. So I had three kids behind me on basically the same bike. <laughs> and then I bought a tandem with a baby seat. So it would be my wife, my oldest, Isaac, and then the baby that's sitting in the baby seat. And then my, I would take the next youngest kids and then pretty much the child below Isaac. So my second oldest would have to ride solo, but then we could ride as a family, uh, like 15 miles. We'd always go to the little Mexican uh, market uh, gas station out by mm -hmm. Zuby. So yeah. it'd be like 15 mile ride. We could average 18 and a half miles per hour. And that's oh, wow. with okay. like a, a two-year-old in the bike <laughs> seat. And, and then on the back of the tag along a four-year-old, Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, and we're cruising around. And I'm like, yeah, well, just hold <laughs> on. And so, so it was a way that we could do something as a family. I felt like, okay, cause part of me, and sometimes it ruins it with the family. That's where I got to watch it is. Like, I want everything to be a workout. But so in that case, I can be there. And I, I remember my heart rate would be cranking and we'd be pedaling along. And, and then I'd know like when my kids in the back aren't pedaling because like my heart rate's really spiking. I'm like, and I, <laughs> yeah. can, I just, who's not pedaling? And I'll say, and I thought a couple of times we were going to get run over because so many people would be taking pictures and then come back and drive by and take pictures of us and <laughs> even ask us to pull over and take pictures of us with the bike. <laughs> and uh, because it, it was cool. So once again, my thing was always to be able to involve the family because like, you know, if the more kids you have, the harder it is to do. And it, it's hard to do that. But when you can find this way to kind of make it so everyone's doing a little something and doing it at their own pace, you know, because yeah. again, I wasn't truly a slave driver on them if they weren't. I mean, because honestly, as long as I knew I was getting a good workout in, I didn't care if they weren't pedaling, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but if we were trying to crank along, but so that's how we kind of really got into 
uh, you know, getting some of the kids where we could actually do some road biking uh, together mm-hmm. and uh, and go out on the roads where, yeah, because if you just go as a family and everyone's got their individual bike, you're going at the slowest person. And if it's a four-year-old, that's not too fast, right? <laughs> and so and then it doesn't make it as fun for the older ones and stuff. So uh, that was one of the things we did definitely, you know, as a family, to, mm-hmm. or I did, you know, to get the family kind of more involved and into the the biking and um once again some of them uh, like you know just get on a bike for a ride they're not like like long i want to go race you know so and once you kind of learn okay there's days you know i gotta do this run with the kids or do this ride and it's just a light light day and then yeah. you just got it you know you're like oh but you know <laughs> once, yeah it's give and take always right yeah yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like um, everybody had fun and, and you know, it's, it probably is the main ingredient there is if they're all having fun. I mean, it, uh, especially if you're finding something that uh, everybody enjoys, you know, because I know with my kids, uh, the two older ones, you know, they're granted they're five and three, but my, my oldest, she wanted to ride a bike right away. <laughs> and so, so she... Um, so she's gone through the balance bike and the training wheels and, you know, she rides her bike now and, um, you know, wants to try to race me to the park yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, and my, you know, our middle child, uh, Gabriel, you know, he's, I just bought a trailer because he, he's, he's content with me just pushing him in the tricycle. So I was like, well, if I'm going to bike, let me at least get a trailer. So I got yep. a trailer and he's like, yeah, take me in the trailer. He was like, let's go in the trailer. And, He'll right. be and he'll he's like a little uh uh like a little coachman in the back because because I'll hear him. He was like, "Can you go faster, Dad? Can you go faster?" And right. So, so oh, yeah. That's so, awesome. So yeah. So um. So yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like I guess if they enjoy it, it's it's all good. You know. The key but, is uh, normally is that for my kids, whether it was running or biking. Or if we even go swimming, we still do this with all their athletics that they do. Is we go get a treat, right? Mm-hmm. And so even in Iowa, before we were really into biking, and we just had you know mountain bikes or whatever. And and I did. I had a, a tag along, and then I, behind the tag along, I put the the bike trailer. So I mean, yeah. I, hindsight thinking about this. So I had done that even back then, before I even got into biking. Ever had a road bike is. I had a mountain bike. I put the tag along bike hooked up to that and then <laughs> the trailer hooked to that. So we got pictures way back when and that was, we only had three kids. Right. And so then uh, there's a lot of good, you know, concrete trails back in Cedar Falls, Iowa. I think they had 60, 80 miles of trails through the Hartman Reserve parks and stuff like that. So but we'd always what made it the most fun for the kids is if we stopped at Dairy Queen you know, mm-hmm. stopped at the Mexican place, even if it's a soda. And, you know, I'm like half the time we're probably putting more calories on because of what <laughs> we're eating. But it was a way to get them to go out or if we went and got pizza along the bike trail and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um, to me, I think that's what won my kids over the most. Like, yeah. oh, we're going to get some food. We're going to get some treats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, food, yeah, food food, and sugar are, are great motivators, I find, for the kids. You know, so anytime we're doing it, it's like, yeah, do you want to go get some dessert? Yeah, let's, <laughs> so <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, absolutely. Yeah. So so did um, so did writing with the family? Did that is that what uh, 
I guess, uh, um, pushed you towards, because you're also the founder of Church Cycles or Church Bicycles. Yep. So, so um, is that is that what drove you in that direction too? Just like your, the, the, the way the family was involved with cycling and then, and then your own competitive uh, nature with cycling? Yeah, and- yeah. Well, so we had built, when we had moved uh, to the house before this, I built a 25 meter lap pool in our backyard, a hundred thousand gallon pool. Oh wow! Because we we are all into swimming and once again, or in doing triathlons, and so it's great. Once again, no matter how fast you swim, you're all in one area. So I was always trying, and we homeschool our kids and stuff. So I always try to do things as much as possible to keep us all together and working and being able to not work at the slowest person's speed, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it's great, a pool, a track, you know, or the triplet bike with the tag along. Or, so anytime I could kind of do that and incorporate that into our lifestyle, where it's a family thing that we can do, um, I would do. So we were doing that. And then with, you know, six kids and, you know, I had already spent a lot of money on this Quintana Roo, which not even a year and a half later since we started Church Cycles. I mean, you know, it's crazy, you know how much these bikes cost. I think I paid 7,800 and then I sold it for 3,400. Right. Yeah. And, but at that time it was because I'm like, I'm going to ride a church cycles TT bike instead of a Quintana Roo, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and so that was when it was like, especially seeing what people are paying for those bikes. And then when I was like, Oh my goodness, I can build the exact same bike for almost half the cost and, and sell it. Uh, oh, and, and that's with even selling it and having some margin. And so with all my kids, and once again, like right now, I currently have like 13 companies, 15, a couple sitting there. But um, I was like, oh, this is one. It's always great when you work in a space that you enjoy and you're not doing it especially to pay your bills. So I was like, hey, cycling is such a community thing triathletes you know it's like church right and you bring people together and you're there for one another you have fun together and so forth right. so that's where i was like oh because um, a lot of people go oh they'll see me out racing or biking oh go to church oh your last name church i was like no that's <laughs> rose you know and uh and most of them don't even know like the you know whether the latin greek you know names and it's in Subarusi Gurusu or SG1 they don't know that that's Japanese for amazing grace or excelsius deo god in the highest they just see oh, ex1 okay. so a lot of people don't know like even when they're mm-hmm. buying a church bike it's necessarily a you know a christian bike uh, they're just like oh it's a cool bike looks good and they'll be like oh it's oh really that's what that is <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> so uh but it's always been, yeah, to have a community thing, I, once again, the passion, enjoyment I have with it um, and to be able to actually provide, you know, and there, it, it is nice. I mean, to have a nice bike that, you know, carbon fiber, it's not like you need it, but it is nice. And to make it so it's more affordable for more people to get into. I mean, that's what I love is like, once again. I got so much to juggle between work, biking, kids. I love to bike all the time for sure, but I don't. Um, but so I, I love it though, when I go out and, um, you know, whether it's a four or five race cap four race or a 35 plus race podium getting first and have my bike, you know, <laughs> up front, that always feels good. You know, I've done that a lot of this, the big bend and so forth like that. So, I, I mean, so, cause I know a lot of people are paying for the same bike, basically same components. Cause I, you know, 
our bikes are all, all done in Shimano. Uh, cause that's where I get the best pricing for sure. And then, um, you know, the components and, you know, maybe at, at extreme highest levels where there's, you know, going to be little subtleties in that, but it's, you know, a wheel is kind of a wheel and so forth. So for us, like average people out racing in that, mm -hmm. um, when you can, you know, save thousands of dollars and have something just as comparable <laughs> to that. <laughs> It, it, it's good, you know, when you can actually demonstrate and be out there and, and, and race that way with it. So, but it gives me a little extra motivation probably. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've ridden out there with you and you definitely uh, uh, make, make us work to stay on your wheels. So. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I, I like to suffer is the only problem. <laughs> so there's, so. there's plenty of people out there that make me suffer. <laughs> so, but it's, yeah. Uh, Good, good. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the bikes look sharp. You know, I, I see them. You know, I know Northwest uh, Cycles carries them. Or um, what What other shops are they in? There's, basically, we had the Northwest Cycling Center that had them. Mm -hmm. um, we had two shops, Mike uh, Hodges, that used to be when he lived here until he went back to Florida. Uh, he had, he was really tied into the bike uh, industry. And so there was a couple bike shops that we had in Florida as well. But uh, they uh, pretty much then stuck with our wheels and so forth. But since Mike left, um, then I, I had uh, Dan Scoville came in uh, because, once again, I didn't have time to run it. So, unfortunately, mm -hmm. after Mike, that full-time ran church cycles, did all the site, you know, building his 12 years USA bike mechanic and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, after he left, then it was like, once again, this has been always like a hobby fun company, mm -hmm. um, to, to share and enjoy with people and have my kids involved and stuff like that. Um, then Dan started coming in. And so then we started selling some more bikes, building more bikes and so forth. And then he took a, a job out in Seattle and Washington okay. for, you know, submarines. And so, uh, since then, and then especially with COVID and that, um, it's, it's my focus has been totally <laughs> back into my other businesses at this point until, right. uh, we did with this new house though, that we just moved into, we built a whole bike shop area. So there's okay. a real nice section overlooks the lake. It's a complete bike shop. All the tools are up in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I got five frames for mountain bikes to get assembled. So I'm going to, you know, work with getting those all built up and eventually get things back up and going. It's just, there's so much going on. And then with yeah. COVID and that, um, and then the house move and six kids and 26 <laughs> pets and all of our businesses. So I've kind of taken a little break from it. So it's fun. It's not funny, but at times like I have to decline and refund orders because they're, yeah. you know, I didn't know, Oh, this listing was still on eBay and someone's trying to get this or, you know, we sold one cyclocross bike and then I was like, oh, here, wait, I think I want a couple of these cyclocross bikes because Bridgeland has great trails. So <laughs> then I went to get them and unfortunately they had already sold one of them. So then I got three of them back. So, I mean, we do have some bikes still in the bike shop yeah. um, and, and some actually frames here uh, to build out. But I've definitely like uh, since Dan had left and uh, now it's like, okay. Uh, I'll probably get back into that and ramp and building it up. But, you know, with everything going on, it's been a little crazy just to add that onto my plate and starting to get inventory shipped in and right. so forth. Cause I, I truly like to find, 
I, and I've looked pretty good into some, you know, places that we could get frames out of the U.S. Of course, mm -hmm. there's going to be a little more of a price with it. And, you know, and I got to see what I can do as far as quantity to get those prices down because I still... I just want to come across with a great solid product at a great price for people to get involved in. Cause once again, this isn't my bread and butter. This is really, you know, just uh, something I enjoy passionate about seeing people, um, you know, the boys and girls country club, mm -hmm. which uh, one of the youth pastors that we got to know, um, he told us how much uh, they use biking for these kids to keep them busy. Because once again, if you get into biking, it takes a lot of hours to get good. And he, he himself was one of those kids that grew up in the Boys and Girls Country Club and biking was the outlet to get him out of trouble. He, and so we ended up donating a bunch of bikes and extra tires and tubes and all that to the Boys and Girls Country Club because there's two locations here in Cyprus. And it's just a great, great nonprofit to help these kids, yeah. you know, that don't have families and so forth. And, and one of their big things they do with kids is they get them into biking and, you know, and some of them, they really get them involved in biking a lot of hours. Cause once again, if you don't have, if you're not keeping kids busy, they're going to find something or find trouble. Right. <laughs> and so they use it to really keep things going. And it was really neat to hear from our youth pastor um, that that was the same program he went through and how the biking was his big thing. So um yeah. That And so uh, once again, so it's just like you hear that stuff and then you're like, oh, you know, we can use this company to serve others and you know, bring people together, have that community feel. And, and that was the thing is like, uh, hey, I just want to create, a, you know, community of bike riders. It's great when you go out there and I see other church guys and right. stuff. And, and uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's pretty neat. So uh, just to be able to get people out there on a good performing bike, because yeah, th there's definitely differences, you know, and yeah. I still like amazed, like, I just had to, you know, hang up a bunch of our bikes. And we got six kids, and they all got bikes, a couple bikes, right? Some have like, a track bike, a cyclocross bike, a velodrome bike, a road bike, you know, you're like, Oh, there's four bikes for one kid, you know, <laughs> and dad's got to have four then. And so uh, but then you go and grab the their old, you know, the mountain bikes for the little kids, right? The the four year old's bike weighs three, four times more than my any of my bikes, right? Yeah. Because they're just like these big steel pieces. You're like, oh, you're putting this little kid's bike up there, but yet I can grab my bike and swing it, <laughs> throw it up there. Oh yeah, fifteen pounds. So it's crazy. Yeah, my yeah my daughter's Fuji is is quite heavy, yep. <laughs> but of course she you know. She wanted the basket. She wanted the tassels on it. <laughs> um, yep. And uh, yeah, and she asked me. She's like, "Why is why is your bike so light, Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's, it, but you know, it it has to be sturdy though too. I mean, cheap. Yeah, there, there's a if there's a bump in the road uh, yeah. or on the sidewalk or whatever. You know, she's just she she wants to go over it. Just you know straight up over it i'm like you know just take it easy on those bumps it's like boom you know like, so right. I, I i already need to true up one of her front wheels because she's <laughs> taking so many you know bumps or whatever that just full speed ahead right <laughs> uh no it's awesome to hear though you're getting out with one and like i you know i have six kids i definitely have two that are really passionate about biking 
a couple of the others like to go out and bike. Um, and I'm always, I said the eight year old's undecided yet. Mom's yeah. trying to make him like a football quarterback, like the second oldest. <laughs> he's a starting quarterback. He's been since he was a sophomore for varsity. Um, and then we got one that's a really high level gymnast. But uh, so I'm still trying to get like, cause like you, you know, when you got kids, it, it just makes it so, Hey, my kids need a bike. I like, I get the most biking in when it's my kids need someone to go out and bike on the road with them and that, because I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and honestly, some of my best times, honestly, like memories are, uh, with, you know, Isaac and Lucas is just our bike rides, just going mm -hmm. out, hanging out, meeting, you know, hanging out at gas stations, getting some, refueling and stuff like that. I mean, it's just memories, you know, with yeah. the Northwest club, you know, when we show up with all the groups at the Velodrome track, you know, not this year, last year, but you know, you really get to meet people and hang out as a family and do stuff. The Velodrome's really cool about that too. Um, because at least when you show up there, once again, my kids that aren't into biking they're they, you know, they have food trucks now that mm -hmm. show up in that and everyone's just racing in circles. Everyone's there. You can hang yeah. out, socialize in between. So that's a great thing uh, for people to get into and get over the hump of like, oh, these velodrome track bikes, they don't have brakes. What? <laughs> you know, and, and, you, and you realize, oh, it's it makes them a lot more safer, predictable because you don't have someone able just to throw on the brakes. You don't have to worry about stop signs, someone breaking, not paying attention, rear ending. So mm -hmm. the velodrome, honestly, is like it is a great hidden resource that people don't realize that they should get involved and even get their kids. Uh, Coach Carl actually does great with all the young kids and so forth and getting them in. I mean, some, some kids that show up just on regular bikes, right? They're not even on track because right. they'll have little vents where they run on the bottom skirt of the track, you know, okay. and they might just yeah. do a lap or two in between. So it already kind of instills into them, you know, the biking. I mean, obviously Lawson Craddock used to do the velodrome and mm -hmm. it's uh it's great because, yeah, it's a great spectator because my wife, that's her biggest turnoff about the road bike racing um, is it's not a good spectator sport. She's like, ah, you road race, you go out, um, sitting around <laughs> and kids were just waiting, 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 you know. So uh, normally it is just me and my boys, you know, that go to those events or go with, you know, teammates, Paul mm -hmm. and Dan and, and, and guys. So, yeah, uh, yeah so it's uh, that's one thing I'd say for people to really look into is that velodrome. Uh, it's yeah, just yeah, a great I, way. Yeah, I hear, I hear you there. I've been out to, uh, to watch a few, few races there, uh, took my daughter and, and she, she liked them. And then they, they've also had a few um, cyclocross events there at the velodrome, yeah. which, which is nice because cyclocross, to me it's like the spectator friendly ones are, uh, seem to be, you know, course you've got the track because everything's just right there you know you yep. turn you turn your head and you're still you all you got to do is turn your head and you're still catching yep. the action and then you know a crit a crit people are coming by you know every couple of minutes you know uh mm -hmm. usually on a on a crit circuit so you don't get too much boredom there right and then um and then cyclocross a lot of times even though it's like the course is kind of zigzag all over the place it's right it's usually if it you catch a high spot on the hill or something and you can pretty much see most of see it the all. course, you know, and, yeah, and, uh, and I, and it, and I like that a lot of them are having now like, you know, kids races that are a component of it. And, and yes. That nature, so that's Get been some really excited cool. for sure.
Yeah. Well, yeah. cool. Well, um, well, Jason, I, I know we we got started late, but it, I don't want to keep you from your other appointments. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no problem. No problem. So, um... <laughs> no problem. No, no. Once again, it was great just catching up with you. And yeah. then once again, it, it's good to know. Yeah, I always look back and I'm like, man, I haven't cycled. And then, I'm, you know, then when I hear like you not cycling too, I'm like, yeah, I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, right. good chatting with you, Jason. Th- thanks for doing this, man. All right. No problem. You take care and God bless. Well, how about that? It seems like perhaps my recent child trailer purchase is on the right track. Now I just need a three-person tandem down the line. Seriously, though, I'm hopeful I am sharing some of my love of riding with my kids so we can do so together down the road. Thanks, Jason, for taking the time to speak to me, and I hope all of you have learned something, too. Be sure to also check out churchcycles.com for his bike and wheel options. Now it's time for Feats of Glory, where we celebrate the cycling accomplishments of riders from Texas or those riding through our great state. First up are all of you military veterans out there. I'm honored to share the road with you. Thank you for serving and protecting freedom. Next are all those Hugelers. If you braved and completed one or both Hugel loops, congratulations. I hope you still love your bike. And finally, to Donald Ferrier for getting his first century plus three months. Donald, I think the first one is the sweetest and most memorable of your centuries to come. So I hope you took a good mental snapshot. With that, this episode is a wrap. Please subscribe and rate the podcast on Anchor, Apple, or your favorite podcast service like Drop Bar Texas on Facebook. And if you have an event, feat of glory, or question, email me at dropbartx at gmail.com. And until next time, have fun, enjoy the sun, or just rule five minutes.